You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The stock market has bounced back, and it's bounced back, I think, because of the opening up of certain states in the United States of America and certain European countries also relaxing lockdown restrictions. But what about the technical side of things? Because, yeah. Really, we are all. T- you know, we can turn on the TV and look at fundamentals. Let's have a look at what is going on behind the scenes. With me today, not France de Klerk, but Christelle de Klerk. Now, Christelle is the eldest daughter of France de Klerk, and she's an independent technical analyst living in KwaZulu Natal. Just before we get on to the markets, Christelle, you followed your father into technical analysis. How on earth did that work? He must have really prodded you in order to do this. I mean, it's not the sort of thing that I would expect of a daughter. Lindsay, I think from a young age, he probably tried to groom me to have the same passion he has for the market. And he he got it right. He definitely did. About eight years ago, I joined him full time. And neither one of us looked back ever since. And we absolutely love what we do. Yeah, it is fascinating. Every single day, no matter how boring the day is, there's always something to look for. And that's what I'm looking for now. I want to start with the top 40 index, if we can, the all share index of the JSE Securities Exchange. It's been all over the place. Every time I speak to a broker, they say, well, it's nearly back to 50,000, Lindsay, or it's just pulled back from 50,000. Let's have a look at the big picture now, if we can, Christelle. What are you seeing? Lindsay, on a weekly graph, something very, very interesting happened last week. And the 40-week moving average is so far away at the moment it's on the top 40 index. It's sitting, waiting for us at 48,257. So normally what we do is we use a moving average that's maybe a little bit closer, and we've drawn in here a 20-week moving average. And what happened last week, it literally went and tested the market at the high day of 47,222 and retraced again. And that can be seen as a negative technical goodbye case. And that literally means that there was not enough buyers to lift this market to higher levels to take it back to the 40-week moving average. And it retraced from from that level. This week, a very interesting level as well on the Fibonacci levels. And that is literally just a tool that highlights support or resistance levels. Is the 61.8% level waiting at 46,248 was tested as well and retraced. And that now is the second indication that on a weekly graph, there is not enough buyers to keep the momentum that we have seen for the last six to seven weeks to continue to higher levels. So from a technical perspective, Lindsay, as long as we remain below that 20-week moving average, waiting at 46,898, we can expect lower levels. Now, one of the indicators we use to highlight overbought or oversold is a stochastic, and that is sitting in a no man's land. It's sitting here at a 64, which means I want it actually to be overbought. I would prefer it to be above 80 before I can consider a short. But at this stage, at a 64, it's neither here nor there. But those two resistance levels that were tested and retraced is seen as negative, Lindsay. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I talk to lots of people every single day, of course, um, as part of my job. And there's uh, lots of talk about whether we get a V-shaped recovery or a W-shaped recovery. And we talk fundamentals. And also we talk about very, very basic graphs. Uh, so what you're saying is that we've had a sort of a V-shaped recovery. In other words, the market plunging, uh, going straight back up again, going from being down over 30% to up 30% from those lower levels. What you're saying is that we might come down again and form the W or something even worse than that and going below the W. Is that what you're saying? 100% Lindsay. 
yes, we definitely saw a V-shaped formation here. Now the big test is if we cannot go and change that highs, I'm talking about 52,700, if the market cannot change those levels into support again and we continue to see loss of momentum to lower levels, what we've seen when the bear market started can become a lot more uglier because from a technical perspective, that leg that we've seen there from about 52,700 to that low there at around 33,300, that same leg can even escalate to the downside. Now, Lindsay, on a technical perspective, there's a window waiting on the top 40 at 26,640. Now, a window is a gap. That is a space in the graph where no trading has taken place. Nice. But the rules around windows are they always get closed. It can take days, months, weeks, sometimes even decades. But the rule is it has to close. And especially a window on a weekly graph where it carries a lot of weight. So the expectation is that if that level there at the bottom at 33,360 at some stage changes into a resistance, things can get really ugly, Lindsay. Well, that's really ugly as well, because I'm looking at the top 40 index. It's 45,700, let's call it at the moment, up 1% yeah. on the day. So you're talking about a massive percentage move to the downside, potentially to close the window or what I would call the gap, Christelle. 100%. Lindsay, if that 61.8% level, if that 46,248, if that level doesn't change into a support, then we can see retracements. And then we can go back and look at the 50% level. That's 43,792, 38.2%, 41,336. If those levels do not continue to remain support levels, things can get even uglier to the downside. And we know, I mean, the market has rallied based on lockdown economies, no fundamentals to support it. It's almost just the stimulus from the US, you know, this hope that the fundamentals will come and support and what we've seen on the graphs and the rallies we've seen. At this stage on the technical graph, that 61.8% is a critical level, Lindsay, that has to change into a support and remain one. Otherwise, we can see more downside. You're not allowed to talk fundamentals, by the way. That's for my other commentators. You are purely technical, Christelle. And when it comes to technical, let's have a look at the S&P 500. Because one of the things I used to do was wake up in the middle of the night and have a look at the uh, the S&P futures. But now they, in the last few weeks, I've started to go straight to the oil price. But now I'm sort of going back to the S&P because the oil price has rallied from 10 to 25, something like that. Let's, um, let's have broad brushstrokes here. Uh, but the S&P has been absolutely fascinating. What are you making of it now? Again, is it the V-shape that's going to turn into a W? 100%. Beautiful V-shaped formation there. And on, on, on the S&P 500, Lindsay, there was also a window there that waited at 2,901. And what happened last week is the index went and closed that window. The high last week was 2,954. And that was another example of where the, the buyers were strong enough to close that window at 2,901. Now, on the S&P 500, there is a window on a weekly graph that is waiting at 3,328. That means it's still a lot higher up. Last week's candle, Lindsay, is a possible shooting star candle. Now, a shooting star is a candle with a long tail at the top and a small real body. And that tells me that if this week's candle closes and is a bearish kind of candle, that we can expect more downside. And what worries me about the S&P 500, there's a head and shoulder formation, Lindsay. 
And if that high of last week of uh, 2,954 does not change into a support and the market starts to retrace, the neckline of that head and shoulder formation is waiting there around 2,527. And the full target, or let's just not be too extreme here, but the conservative target of that head and shoulder formation is about 1,800 on the S&P 500. So wait a second. Let's have a look at what's happened. Uh, let's just put this into, into context. And you're very, very precise, as your father is as well, Franz de Klerk. Uh, you, you give me uh, points and uh, you know, 2952.67, whatever it is. I like to look at the, the bigger picture. The S&P peaked to me, the S&P futures peaked at around about 3,400 at the beginning of the year. It fell down to around about, oh, we'll just, but let's call it 2,200. It is now trading on my screen up a third of a percent at around about 2,870. You're saying that it, it could come down well below 2,000. I mean, ultimately, because of the head and shoulders you've just described. 100% Lindsay, if this S&P 500 does not wipe out the left shoulder of that formation and that is waiting at 2,954, if my S&P 500 index does not close above that level on a Friday close, that possible head and shoulder formation becomes a probability. The formation will only be confirmed at that neckline, but that formation, it means it's still in the making. You're 100% right. Mm. Okay, let's have a look at something else as well, which is so important to every single South African, rich or poor or somewhere in the middle. The South African rand. It's been as low as 1934, or the dollar has been as high as 1934. Um, the euro above 20, uh, the British pound, uh, I don't know, close to 24. What do you see now? Because this thing must be horrifically oversold, the rand that is. Absolutely. Lindsay, if I look at the daily graph on the USD Rosar um, currency pair, there is also an ugly head and shoulder formation there, which tells me that if the rand does not start to consolidate above 80.94, we can see more strength. It's tr my, my neckline of that head and shoulder formation is waiting at 18 rand and 5 cents. And if that formation plays out, my conservative target for the rand is... You just extend that line. It's about 16.92, and the full target is about 16.40. Sorry to interrupt you. Rand 100%. strength and dollar weakness. 100%. The Rand can strengthen back to around 16.91 or even 16.40. Only, only, if, only if the Rand starts to consolidate above 18.92 can we expect more weakness. I think that uh, given the fundamentals and given the, the state of the bond market at the moment, and we'll talk about the bonds uh, it, during another interview in a couple of weeks' time, Christelle, uh, I, would, I would say that I think the probability is to the downside for the dollar and the upside for the South African rand. What about gold as well? Because gold is fascinating. Keeps on sort of orbiting that 1700 level. It's been as high as 1780. It went to about 1750, 1760 two or three weeks ago. Just can't quite do it. But I do sense that it is, it is maybe poised for greatness. What do you think about gold? At the moment, gold is very overbought at the moment, Lindsay. So the expectation is there that we can rather see a little bit of a pullback back to 1,670. And the strong support on the dollar graph is $1,630. Only if the gold price starts to accelerate above $1,750 again, can I expect higher levels. It's a little bit overbought at the moment. And with the last 
three, if I look at the candles of the last three weeks, every high is a little bit lower than the previous week's high. And mm. that tells me there's a little bit of a loss of momentum and might not be the right place to enter into a long position now. You'll be very brave to enter a short, but the candles tell me, Lindsay, that there's a little bit of a loss of momentum and only above $1,750 can we maybe see more upside on the gold price. Okay, so we should be patient with that one. Um, we've spoken about the S&P, we've spoken about the All Share Top 40, we've spoken about the RAM, we've spoken about the gold price. Are there any individual shares, and I'm throwing this at you now because we didn't speak about this, but are there any individual shares or sectors of the JSE Securities Exchange that really stand out for you, either in a good or a bad way, Christelle? What is interesting for me, Lindsay, is if I look at the financial shares, you know, the banks, to be specific, the bank index, a lot of them have got cup and saucer for cup and a handle formation on them. And I'll quickly want to look maybe just at that JA35 and the banking index. And that tells me that if this banking index starts to consolidate above 5,730, that cup and handle formations will be confirmed as optimistic mm. and I can expect higher levels. So only when it starts to consolidate here below 4,830 can we maybe say the optimism is not on the table. We have to be careful. And what is interesting for me from a technical perspective, Lindsay, um, a lot of the retail um, um, shares as well as the bank shares, all of them have got these cup and saucer formations on them. It's almost as if they're waiting for buyers just to lift it through the resistance levels to confirm optimism and to confirm the next um, higher lows. It's in, they're all just in that band waiting for optimism. And what can also happen, Lindsay, if those support levels do not keep themselves, do not sustain themselves, we can get lower lows. And again, as we've said, then it becomes very negative, and those V formations, you know, suddenly can become very ugly. Ugly. So with the retail sector as well as the banks, a lot of them can either confirm higher highs or lower lows, depending on what side of the resistance and support levels they break out on. I'm going to ask you a question now, which I've never asked your father. You, you obviously wake up every single morning, uh, you have a look at the graphs, you have a look at the news, uh, but you mainly focus on technicals. What is your gut feel, uh, Christelle? You're obviously incredibly passionate about what you do. What is your gut feel about stock markets? You look at the head and shoulders, the candlesticks and all those other things, the double tops, the double bottoms, the V shapes, the W shapes. What do you think? What is your gut feel? Because obviously you, as I said, you're passionate about what you do. Tell me. Absolutely. Lindsay, if I look at the SA40, the J200, or I look at the S&P um, 500 index, I'm a little bit concerned. I can see that if these levels do not hold a support, we can see massive pullbacks. But then if I look at other um, sectors, there is cup and handle formations on them as well, which tells me that if there is not enough buyers, that we can see ugly pullbacks. So my gut feeling at the moment, Lindsay, is that I would rather want to be short in this market locally or overseas than be long at the moment. But having said that, there is still opportunities. I think, and you know, this is a trading market. There's so much volatility, and that's why we absolutely love this time. But you have to be careful because if those lower lows start to confirm on the sectors or on the indices, um, Lindsay, things can get really, really ugly. So for us, mm. we prefer the short side, and we, we love the bounces. Don't get us wrong. The bounces are ideal opportunities to, to start to build short positions. We're nicely overboard again on the top. 40 and um, you know we already 
got our 2,000 points already from that high there um, at around 47,500. So at the moment, very, very careful for this market, but rather a pullback than seeing more upside at this stage, Lindsay. Christelle, thanks so much for your analysis. That's Christelle de Klerk, Independent Technical Analyst. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.